Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, round 15 review, round 11 preview. Uh, this episode is brought to you by r slash fantasy MLS, a great Reddit community all about the fantasy soccer game and a bunch of, bunch of great people. And uh, also tonight's episode is brought to you by... Nick Ramondo, the wall of the Wasatch, the ball never lies, saving PK since 2002? Excellent. Not really, but yes, it kind of, kind of is. Uh, jumping in early there, I have one of my co-hosts tonight. Uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and introduce everybody. We've got, as always, Simon. Hey, guys. How's it going? We've got Jason, a.k.a. Jaywoo, from MLS Fantasy Viz. Hello, hello. And then we have Jason, a.k.a. Antioch, from the Reddit and MLS Fantasy Boss Forums. What's good, guys? Good to be back. Hello, guys. How are you doing? And more importantly, how did your teams do this round? Well, uh, my team did okay. I had, I don't know, I had 80 points, which I guess is pretty much average for like active managers or whatever, I feel like. But I was pretty happy with that because I only played two double game week players. And so ending up with 80 after two double game week players seems pretty good to me. So, Well, I wild carded and ended up with 64. So considering that, you know, 80s was a, a ho hum result for this week. Not so good. Um, I captained Dave, uh, Davis, who only played one game. I brought in a spindle to get ready for the three double games coming up, and and Janino missed a penalty. So yeah, didn't go so well. I did pretty good. I got a ninety four points. Took a negative four hit to bring in Nick Ramondo. Um, and then I captained uh, Omar Gonzalez, and yeah, I feel like I pretty did, you know, 94 points, pretty stoked on that. That's outside really good. I think 50-something was, 58 was the average this time. I got 82 myself. I also used my wild card, and I only brought in a couple of double game week players myself. I brought in Barnes, who was super disappointing in that first game with the, the Miss PK uh, but then I also had Ishizaki, and uh, very happy with him with his usual performance, and he got an assist. I thought he was a shoe-in for 10 points this week. He got nine, so that's pretty close, but, I mean, I can't I can't complain. He got an assist. So uh, pretty happy. Pretty happy I had uh, Morales, who really uh, – Pedro, who really helped me out with, with a big captain return. So let's get a quick reminder for you guys. Uh, some crazy things did happen this week. Check the Disco Committee. I know there's uh, several players who are close to their card accumulations with yellows before they have to miss a game, but also close to their uh, limits before that. I just lost, lost the name. They're also close to their good play award for not getting a yellow card before they lose that. And that's, that's basically it. We had a couple of injuries, like we already mentioned, with Espinoza who just picked up something mysteriously from all we know. The, the big news is it was officially sort of announced that MLS player teams are not required to submit player injury reports. So that's just going to make things harder. Uh, I don't know. Apparently it's been that way for a couple of years. First time hearing of it. So just try to keep in touch with the disciplinary and the, and the injury reports on MLSsoccer.com to find everything as we lead up to the kickoff in a couple of days. So now it's time for picks, though. Now we got some big double games coming up this week. Uh, the two teams that we have playing a double game are Orlando and DC. Now we've had a lot of DC United questions, so 
We're not going to talk about DC players right now. We're saving that for our community question and answer time. So that being said, do you guys like any Orlando players for this double game week? I mean, I'm not really big on any Orlando players due to the fact that, I mean, besides, you know, your typical Kaka, um, <clears throat> really no good forward options. But, I mean, Laren, for some reason, interests me being 5.7. Um, you know, you're playing against uh, D.C. and then L.A. Um, two teams that, you know, I mean, they're <clears throat> pretty good defensively. But, I don't know, just Laren, there's something about Laren. I got a gut feeling Laren's going to at least put one in the back of the net. And then I know a lot of people are pretty big on Shea if he ends up going up to that left mid spot, more of an attacking potential. Um, but really, those are the only two players that I would even consider for this double game week. And, and Kaka obviously would be an obvious pick, but I'm not. I think there's better options for $11 million. Um, I'm kind of with Jason. I don't really, I don't like any Orlando players. If I was to pick up one, it'd probably be Laren. But uh, I feel like forward slots are kind of, um, what's the word? Really valuable. So I, I don't think I'm going to have any Orlando players this week. Yeah, I would probably say that I wouldn't either. Um, I might be interested in Colin, but for 8.1 for a defender, I mean, he'll get a couple bonus points. He may, you know, he could do, you know, double digits in a double game week, but I, I wouldn't count on it. Um, Shea's not going to get bonus points. He's always like right on the edge. Kaka, you know, he's got obviously potential, but he's not, you know, hitting the, you know, the Dempsey type numbers and, you know, Pedro Morales kind of consistency. So I would say that's more of a gamble than a lot of other options that are going to be coming up in the next few weeks for double games. Yeah, pretty much agreement all across the board there. If, if anybody is thinking about Orlando players, it's a risk. They're just not performing. And I'm honestly, they're, they're playing about as well as I thought they would. So yeah, bunches, bunches of question marks all around. Does that make them good differentials? I don't know. I don't, I think that's a no. So let's get on to the juicier players of the single game week teams. There's a bunch of those this week. So who do you guys like for the rest of the field? So um, it says on our, on our little, you know, preview sheet, top three at each position. I think I'm just going to give one for each position because I thought about it and I'm having kind of a hard time. Um, at forward, I'm saying Obafemi Martins because Seattle is playing against Vancouver, and those games always seem to be full of goals. And I think Seattle is going to be pretty angry that they lost at Columbus. So, um, yeah, I think they are. They're gonna they're gonna do pretty well at midfield. I'm gonna say Pedro Morales for the exact same reasons. And at defender, um, I don't really love anyone. But uh, I was thinking about this, and I'm having a really hard time with it. I'm going to say anyone on the Chicago Fire back line because I think New York City sucks on offense. <laughs> so for forward, I would probably say Kamara. He looks like he's having fun. He's putting up, you know, double digits three of the last five. If I just wish he had double game coming up, that would be great. But um, midfield, my broken record, fail Haber, get him. He's worth, you know, he's the most consistent player in the game. So um, for defenders, Omar Gonzalez, expensive, but again, he's super reliable. 
I think it's worth making a sacrifice if you don't have him. Goalkeeper, don't care. Pick one. <laughs> uh, for me, my forward pick is Dom Dwyer. Um, you guys, uh, I mean, he. I think he has the most shots um, and the most shots on goal for a forward, I believe. Um, I saw someone someone brought that stat on an MLS boss. And plus they're playing Colorado, then New England, Seattle, Dallas, and Seattle. There's five out of the next uh, – one, two, three, four, five. Out of the next five games, they have four at home and a double game week in game week 12. So why not set yourself up? For midfield, um, I uh, I just lost what I was going to say for midfield. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here. For midfield – um, oh, it was Mauro Diaz. Um, I like Castillo, but uh, Mauro Diaz is starting to heat up. And if you guys played last year and you remember before, you know, pre-injury, Mauro Diaz was an invaluable asset to any single team. And they're playing against New York. I think that's going to be a lot of goals there. They do have a huge stretch of away games coming up, but I think that, you know, he's still going to be the center of all attack. And then defense, um, you know, you can get DC players, but um, I really think um, that uh, Franklin is a great option. I know that there's a lot of you know great options between the you know eight and nine million dollar budget that are producing, but Franklin's got you know three double game weeks coming up in the next four weeks, and I think he's pretty much a lock to play every single one. Um, and then goalkeeper for me, um, a lot of people are big on Hamid, and I think it's a great option if he plays, but um, I'm sticking with uh, I'm sticking with Ramondo for a little while, I think. So before we go on, I actually just looked up Kamara's schedule. Um, Columbus actually does have a double game week coming up. So Round 14. San Jose, then Chicago, Orlando. Those are all pretty decent, you know, chances for him. And then against Philly and Montreal for a double game week. So is if you he, have him, don't 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 give him up unless it's for a real reason. Is he healthy though? I mean, I know he had that you know apparent groin injury, and then he came out and what scored two goals. This past week, right? Um, did he show any signs of, you know, did he get subbed out early? I didn't watch the game, so I don't know. Maybe this is just a dumb question, but I'm just curious. Um, he played 83 minutes, so. Yes, and as someone who did watch that game, he looked totally healthy, and I don't know why there's an injury report on that. He managed to tear the Sounders to shreds, so he really <laughs> probably should have had more than two. You know, I got a question on, on Twitter that I didn't put in our rundown today, and this is from AFPalo underscore five. And he was actually actually saying, how would we rank these four Columbus players? So Kamara, Finlay, Merrim, and Higuain. What do you guys think about that? How, who would be uh, one through four? How would, you, how would you rate those guys? Oh, God. I'll say Kamara, Pipa... Merriman and then Finlay. I mean, you. I mean, you could interchange Merriman and Finlay to be honest with you, because like when one's hot, the other's not, and vice versa. So it's kind of a toss up between them. But Kamara is just killing it right now, and you know, Pipa's been doing pretty dang good himself. So I think that you know, Kamara, Pipa, and then flip a coin. Yeah, Higuain's up and down. I mean, he has some low scoring games, but then you know, he comes back and gets a couple goals. So hard to say. Honestly, I don't I think he still. Go ahead. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them, really, although it seems to me like Kamara is pretty far above the other three. I would agree. Yeah, definitely. I think by far Kamara is the first one. I I 
and I think it's a bit of a broken record for me since the beginning of the season. Now, I would put Mayorum as my second pick of those three, just because of some inconsistencies with Higuain that that I worry about. And he's also in that forward spot. And so we've got a he's I mean, he's great playing out of position back in the midfield because he's getting more of those assist options. But if I'd rather have a forward spot for Kamara or Higuain, it's probably going to go to Kamara and that bumps him down to a third for me on that list. Uh, someone I didn't hear you guys mention, which I, I brought him into my team this round and, and got a goal out of it, was Davies. Do, uh, do you guys not rank him up there? Do you think he's kind of nearing the, the top of his of his scoring hump? Yeah, I just don't feel like the Revs are consistent with any one player scoring. I, you know, I mean, he's done great for three or four weeks in a row, and I picked the wrong wrong forward. I picked up Aguadello with my wild card, thinking that Davies had already been scoring, so it was... You know, going to switch, but I don't know. I, I don't know how consistent it'll be. I mean, they've got Toronto a double game week in round twelve, and then a home game to LA. That Toronto game's also home, so I feel like with that schedule, some some stuff could happen. But I don't know. Another another little risk there. And then you mentioned Mario Diaz, and yeah, he's he's definitely been doing well. And if you do pick him up this week, I know you like the New York match, which I I got to say I agree. They are if if your team is New York City FC, then then you might be fantasy garbage. Um, <laughs> but but so that's around eleven. But round twelve, they're playing away to Montreal, and they're still hurting. I feel so. I, I think he's at least two, a good two game investment, even with all those single games and the double yeah. games going going up. Well, but he's been playing. I mean, he played. I believe it was like sixty three minutes, seventy eight minutes, and then a full ninety this past week. But like I said, I mean. Now you're playing New York, then you're playing at Montreal, at Kansas City, at San Jose, at Seattle, at Colorado, and then finally game week 17, you got you know you got two home games. So the stretch isn't that nice, but you, you figure. I mean, last year Mario Diaz was he was the focal point of the attack. He was you know pulling the strings in the midfield, getting the ball to Blas Perez and Castillo and whoever else they you know whoever else would score. So, but I think he's a great investment, especially if you want a cheaper option into. FC Dallas's attack. Yeah, definitely a lot of lot of value there. And I don't know about you guys listening or you guys here on the show with me tonight, but whenever I'm talking about these game schedules, I do keep a chart updated of a form game chart on MLS Fantasy Boss that I keep track of the next six game weeks. So if that'll help you people as you're listening to the podcast to take a look at, then please go take a look at that or any other chart that you might find around that's could have popped up. So before we move on to our question and answer section, uh, I just want to see who do you guys feel are your must-have players for round 11 or uh, a great differential that just jumps out to you? Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I mean, Dempsey's on fire. If, you know, That's definitely not a bad pick, especially with the double game week coming up in a few weeks. He's going to do good no matter what's going on. Um, I like... Uh, Kansas City's matchup. So again, I would say Fell Harbor, a home against Colorado, then a double game week. If you don't have him, pick him up. And then, um, you know, like I said, I'm really big on Dwyer. I think that playing home against Colorado, it's going to be really good. Um, I haven't done my punch yet, so check for that a little bit later tonight or tomorrow, and you'll see a lot of differentials in there. But um, yeah, I mean, just, just Dwyer for me right now. Well, I don't have anything good to add. I'll just say Kamara again because I don't know why you wouldn't have him on your team. So not really a differential, just like a must-have because you're missing out on points if you don't have him. 
Well, with the let me ask you guys this real quick, since we're talking about must-have players, and it seems to be that a lot of forwards are really starting to come out now. I mean, Bradley Wright, Phillips, Rivero, Kamara, Oba. I mean, you know, you can name three more. I mean, let's say you're running, you know, a four-four-two, or if you, if you have, here's the question I'm asking: What are your three must-have forwards in, in in order of one to three? Ooh, that's a good uh, question. BW, BWP, Kamara, uh, I don't know, for three. I, I would, would probably go with – let me look at this, trying to find out, looking at all the schedules so quickly. I would probably throw uh, – if, if he's healthy, then I'm going to say Espy from D.C. is going to be there at number one. Then I'm going to throw in Oba, and then I'm going to throw in – oh, it's a toss-up between Kamara or Bradley Wright Phillips. And I think I would go with Kamara just because I like that schedule better for Columbus in the upcoming double game week. Interesting. I would definitely go with Kamara at number one, and then after that probably Martins and then Bradley Wright Phillips. I'm really surprised no one has said Rivero. Yeah, Rivero's up there for sure. I mean, because he's maybe, maybe like number four, but oh, easily, yeah, easily a four right there for me. But he, see, yeah. he's got hey, Seattle at home this week, RSL at home in round thirteen. Not the easiest of home games, but but still, home games are great. Away to Colorado in twelve. Colorado's a rough place to play just because of the altitude. Then a double game week in round fourteen, which which is a pretty decent looking one. So. Yeah, he he definitely slides in there at easily a four for me. I like those answers, guys. Thank you. So, but we we've teased a little bit about some DC players, and I know we had a lot of questions about DC players. So that's how we're going to start out this whole question and answer round. This is like the DC section right now. So we had a couple of questions, um, mostly from Xenathos and Rubix. And uh, the general gist of these questions is basically who do we like from DC for midfielders? So Rolf hasn't played 90 minutes since DC faced New York Red Bulls and his highest production is seven points. Is he really worth 8.9 million? And then also some people were asking Pontius versus Rolf, but let's just broaden that to the DC midfield. Who do you guys like? Um, Let's see. So is he really worth it at 8.9? Yeah, I think Rolf is worth it. I have him on my team, so obviously I'm going to say that. I mean, he definitely doesn't play a full 90 most games, but he's pretty much a lock to start every game also, and he's never played less than 70 minutes per game. And, you know, he scores a pretty good average on points. So if you look at his his 10 game weeks, we've got a 2 Sorry, we've got two twos, uh, two threes, a five, and four sevens. And so that includes a bye. So that's nine game weeks. And so that averages out to, to a pretty good number of points. I don't, you know, think that he's going to, like, light the world on fire or anything. But with this double game week against Orlando and Philadelphia, who are two, frankly, pretty terrible teams, um... I think he's pretty likely to be involved in DC scoring, which they'll probably do a lot of. So, you know, whether or not he's worth it at 8.9, I mean, 
I don't really see better options on DC is is the biggest thing. Yeah, when you factor in three double game weeks coming up, I think he is worth it. Um, the other question on Reddit did specifically ask about, you know, Pontius and Rolf having similar stats, but you know, there's a lot of players with decent stats that don't translate into fantasy points, and Pontius has way too many twos for weeks that I, you know, I would not consider him comparable. I would get Rolf hands down every time. Yeah, and you guys are gonna think I'm crazy for saying this, but um, the only midfielder I would touch from DC is Silva. And I know he's only been playing 25 minutes or so, but I have a sneaky suspicion that they're slowly bringing him back. And that's why he's just been playing a little bit at a time. So he comes back in full effect. Cause you guys remember last year that I want to say like the last three or four games, I think he had like five or six goals and like four assists. He was just on fire and then he got that injury. Um, but I mean, if you look at his history last year, he played, uh, uh, 1,507 minutes and scored 11 goals, four assists. I mean, that's pretty crazy for only 1,500 minutes. That's half the minutes of most players, you know, that that start. Um, but I'm not too big on DC's midfield just for the simple fact of what you guys have said, that most players play, you know, 70 to whatever, you know, 85 minutes. I think there are much better options, uh, single-week options, um, and even double-game-week options that are coming up that are better than – any of the DC midfielders. I do not think that is a crazy statement because I think it ties into something I want to say a few down from now. So I will keep that in mind. Uh, but moving on to our next question, uh, this basically comes from uh, Dizzo Dizman and Glory Man United 34. And their, their general question is asking about the defenders from DC United. And I'm going to throw in keepers as well, even though I think we all know who that answer is going to be. But they're basically asking, Brimbaum made the bench last game for DC. Do we think that he's a good gamble to regain his spot from Apare? Or is Franklin better despite his price tag? So basically, uh, we're also looking at Boswell versus Franklin in general. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, Birdbaum is going to play one game, and I think Opare is going to play another game. Don't know which game. I mean, Birdbaum was out for – Birnbaum, whatever his name is, was out for, what, f- six weeks? And, I mean, he, he was coming back from an ankle injury. And, you know, to get match fit that quick, I, I personally don't think he's going to play. I think he'll play 90 for sure in one game. Couldn't tell you which game. Um, but like I said earlier in this podcast, I think Franklin is better. Um, I can really see him going 180 for sure. If you can splash the cash on Boswell, go for it. I think he's a great option. Um, pretty much guaranteed, especially, you know, he's potentially even a goal threat. So, yeah, I think Boswell is the best choice. I agree with what Jason said on Burnbaum and Opare. Um, that said, I guess Boswell is an extra point nine million. No, he's an extra one point one million over Franklin. So um, most get Franklin. Of, get Franklin. I mean, I don't necessarily <laughs> know because Franklin, you know, fifteen of his points come from that win over Columbus a week ago where he scored a goal. I don't really think he's actually that much of a goal-scoring threat or more of one than Boswell, per se. So I think Boswell's probably the more consistent option. Let me just Um, throw this out there. Franklin's got about half the numbers of CBIs as Boswell. But he's also $1.1 million cheaper than Boswell. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just who you can afford, honestly. I'd rather have Boswell in a vacuum but if the money is an issue, and for me, it 
probably will be. I don't really want to spend that extra 1.1. So I'll probably end up picking up Franklin. But if like money wasn't an issue for you, why not pick up Boswell, who's probably going to score better? Just the odds are. Yeah, I don't have much to add as far as defenders. I mean, that pretty much covers it. I like both for the, you know, the three double game weeks. Either will be fine. I'm going with Franklin because I can't afford to spend the extra 1.1 on Boswell. And then we haven't really talked about Hamid. Uh, we know he obviously can put up the numbers from last year. He hasn't done so far this year. So is it worth bringing him in or to stick with a consistent keeper that you already have? I would say if you already have a decent keeper who has a good schedule, you know, I would look at maybe picking up players elsewhere, but I already have him since I got him with my wild card that, so he, he better do well. Or, yeah, I agree totally with Hamid. I actually didn't bring in any DC midfielders just yet. Uh, as far as Opare goes, I think we're going to see him move out as Burnbaum comes back in. I think we're going to see that starting two of uh, Boswell and, and Baum in there eventually as we're going through through this this DC double gang double game week of Palooza that is that is coming up upon us. Uh, a lot of DC is is kind of expensive, so. It is a tough, a tough call with with who you want to go. Usually, for something like this, if you're looking for the bonus points, then I'm going to say go for a, a center back, no, no matter who you decide. If you're just hunting clean sheets, then I'm going to say get one of the wingers. Um, that's it. But I would not bank on Opare making all of the games. So moving on to our next question, and if you've picked up on the theme, this is basically going to be the one where we talk about the forward options for, for DC United. This comes from Rolling Carry. All these questions come see MLS. What's the deal with Espindola? With so many double game weeks for DC coming up, I really want to have him in my team, but I'm not sure with him being day-to-day with his injury. Help me, MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. You're my only hope. I appreciate that. Yeah, what does what does day to day mean? You know, um, I think he plays one game this week, and then the other two game weeks he will be back and play both games for both of them. Um, I think he's a solid single game week player. If you already have great forwards, like you know, maybe hold off. I don't think you're gonna get burned on holding off. Um, but if you can bring him in now and then focus on other double game week players, like. Uh, you know, Seattle players in the, in the coming up weeks or just get Seattle players now and get him later. I don't know. I, you know, he has 12 points for the season. So, you know, looking at the stats, uh, you know, I should say, no, don't get him, but you know, he has, you know, the talent to do it and his upcoming schedule is, you know, even just outside of the double game weeks, I think he has a lot of good opportunities to really score big. Yeah. He's, he's got 12 points, but he's played two games. All right. Yeah, I think a lot of people are uh, caught up in the hype of Espindola. I mean, I think he's a great player. I wish he still played at RSL. But, um, I mean, you know, he is having some injury concerns right now, which, you know, that really hampers my decision to pick him up. But, I mean, my best advice would be wait until the deadline and have a contingency plan for somebody else. Um, You know, that's the thing is there are a lot of great forward options right now. And, I mean, if Espindola comes back and he's healthy, I think he's a must-have and a captain, especially for the next, you know, five game weeks, uh, four or five game weeks. But, you know, really wait till 
wait till the lineups come out. And if he's in, snag him. Yeah, um, I will have him if he is in the lineup on Wednesday. That's my, that's my uh, take on it. If not, I'm probably going to wait two weeks. I think he's a good player, but I hate taking risks on injuries just because you never know if a team is saying something is better than it actually is. And so if he's not in the lineup on Wednesday, I definitely won't have him. Yeah, I think Simon hits it on the head. If, if you haven't looked already, DC plays the first game in the double game week, which is on the 13th, and then they play the last game in the double game week, which is on the 17th. So they've got four days in between there. The first game's home against uh, against Orlando. The last game is away against Philly. So you're going to have plenty of time to find out if he's going to be in that lineup. And if he is, I definitely agree. Start him against against Orlando, I am not huge on their defense, so do that. But if not, Simon, I, I completely agree. Hold off until 13. And so finally, to wrap up our DC conversation, this comes from Mike Dat Tiger. Which DC players do you all think are most likely to be rotated during the three double game weeks out of the four-week stretch? Oh, boy. Um... I honestly think the easier question to ask is which ones won't be because I I actually think there will I mean they're playing three double game weeks in 4 weeks there's going to be some pretty serious rotation and I would assume that everyone except for maybe Boswell Espindola if he's healthy and Perry Kitchen um Oh, and Bill Hamid, obviously. I think everyone except for them is susceptible to rotation. Um, I don't see Perry Kitchen getting rotated. I don't really know why you'd want him for your fantasy team, though. So, <laughs> right. just being real. Um, I don't know. All the rest of the players are pretty susceptible to rotation. So, yeah, that's that's my take on that one. Um I'm only going with players that I don't think will be rotated. So I guess you heard right there, which is Hamid, Boswell, um, and Espindola, if he's healthy. Oh, and I guess Chris Rolfe. Chris Rolfe will probably be rotated, is my guess. But I think he's good enough that even if he misses a week, he'll definitely be playing in both games every week to some extent. Um, and, yeah, I think Franklin is also a good bet not to be rotated. Although, again wouldn't shock me if he sits a game just because they have so many games. Honestly, almost no one is safe. I have nothing else to add to that. I, I wouldn't know either way, even if so. Yeah, the one thing I would add to that is with Hamid, be very careful. He may only play two game weeks. You're looking at game week 14 when the USA friendlies are there. Um, and realistically, he'll probably get called up, if, especially if he's on fire, you know, the next three game weeks, 11, 12, and 13, and he has a couple clean sheets and does well. You know, you know, Jurgen's going to probably look out and be like, I want a man in form, and he's a good bet for that. So just just remember, you, if, you know, you may be investing in him for the next three game weeks or potentially even longer, but you may only have him for the two double game weeks. And then it would be an ideal time to swap him for Clark just going to say. Uh, I actually think that Rolf and Silva are people that we can consider since so many other players aren't playing these full 90s. I think that's an advantage when you're considering about rotation. So if Silva and Rolf aren't 
playing those full 90s, I think that's a better chance that they will at least start or be key players in each game. So I, I know we were kind of down on that earlier, but I think that's a bonus when we're thinking of the rotations. Otherwise, I, I'm, I'm basically on board with everything. I think Boswell's the best chance there. I think we're going to see this, this multi-game week being the reintroduction of Brynbaum back into the system, and that's where we're going to lose some of the Oparas or maybe the Franklins if, if we're going to keep giving Opare some time in there or even giving Boswell a chance to sit, possibly. But I, I think I think that's where we're going to start seeing some rotation in the defense. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure which defender I want right now. But if you got the money to spend, I, I went total budget defense with my wild card. So I, I might just abandon the DC defense and just let that be Hamid for me right there. Can I ask a follow-up question, Reid? Of course. I, so you mentioned Silva. Silva is like one of my favorite fantasy players, except that he has not started a single game this year. Does anyone know why Ben Olsen has decided that Silva, who was so good last year, is not worthy of starting any games this year? And is it like, what the hell? Uh, it's what I said earlier, Simon. It's I personally think that he came back from injury and – coaches like seriously nursing him back very slowly because he sees what a valuable asset. I mean, him Mm -hmm. and Espindola, I mean, just decimated so many teams last year with just their intricacy back and forth and their goal scoring threats. I mean, that's what, that's what I personally think that's the only logical explanation in my head. Otherwise maybe him and the coach just don't like each other and that's it. Either one of those sound logical to me. Yeah, it's probably, I didn't think I, Always, like I knew he was injured at the start of the year, but I didn't think he'd be coming back so slowly. But you're probably right. So, and I think it could also be an element of some of the other players were were still doing well. And do you, if if it's not broken, do you really try to fix it or reintroduce something? Uh, it, it could have been a fitness issue as well. Coming back, not just the nursing back together, but wanting to have someone a full ninety. We saw what good it did for Dallas to give Diaz the time to fully recover Great not point. come back not come back at an 85 or a 90 percent, but let him be 100 this could be silva getting to 100 but it regardless I, I think the double game week is going to give him the opportunity to play more than 25 minutes in a game so moving on that wraps up all of our dc questions if you guys have any more feel free to hit us up on reddit or on twitter of course but next is why should we concentrate on, or sorry, not why. This is from Boy and Boyan, and it's should we concentrate on the two double game week weeks, which are weeks 11 and 12, or should we go ahead and start preparing for the big double game week in round 13, which if you guys don't know, it is six teams that are playing in that one. And then also in round 14, there are six teams playing. All right. So I've actually been thinking a lot about this as well, and I know that there are some good matchups this week. I mean, DC has some good matchups. Probably staying away from all Orlando players. Then game week 12, you got New England, and then you have Sporting KC. So, I, you know, I think if you have, you know, Espindola, whatever, Hamid, um, any New York or New England player, you know, Woodbury or Aguadello or Davies or whatever, or even if you have any Caldwell. Sporting Kansas. I'm sorry, what? I would just throw Caldwell out there as well. For, oh, yeah. Yeah, for exactly. He's a good double player. Exactly. Um, and, you know, even sporting any any KC players, you know, Benny or Dom, 
that's great and keep them. But I'm really going to start focusing on game week 13 because if you look, your average round points from round seven is 40, round eight, 41, round nine is 49, and then you move up to your quad game week, which it jumps up to 58, which is granted, you know, maybe only 10 points more. But for me, I mean, I was averaging, I was averaging, you know, 50, 60 points a game, and then boom, here comes a quad game week in round 10, and I'm hitting 94 points. So I think if you you have a better opportunity to stack up with more players, especially six teams, if you're picking the teams that don't play against each other, you're not going to get negative points, whereas the next two game weeks, game week 11 and 12, you're playing teams against each other one of the game weeks. So if you have a striker or a midfielder and you know playing from one team and a defender playing from the other, and one scores points, you're going to cancel out the points. So I don't really want any of that. That's my strategy. So I'm going to really start focusing on game week 13. Smart. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I already have my setup for weeks 11 and 12, and a big part of the setup for 11 is DC players. That's the only part of the setup actually for me, and that helps prepare for 13 and 14 also, which are big double game weeks. So, yeah, I definitely think you should do what Jason does. I'm already prepared for 12. I'm not bringing in any more players than I already have, which is three. So, yeah, I... It's exactly what he said. I don't really have much more to add. Yeah, I would just say that most, you know, a lot of teams have double game weeks coming up. So don't, don't try to focus too much on one week and go for subpar players. Like try to pick single game value players, you know, the players that would be good for a single game week that happen to have a double game week. And I think you can't really go wrong. So if you're, you know, if you got Valeri, you know, or, you know, Dempsey or Martins for Seattle, you know, they, they all have double game weeks coming up. So don't transfer them out trying to win big somewhere else. If you already have, you know, Paralysis has a double game week coming up, you know, all the big guys do really. Yeah. Great answers. And I feel like this leads us very well into our next question from moon bear 11 and Jason, I loved your answer to this on Reddit. So I wanted to definitely highlight that here tonight is getting Dempsey chasing points. Getting Dempsey is definitely not chasing points. I mean, he's, Whatever your motivation is, I guess maybe because technically it could be chasing points if you are, you know, if he scores 17 and you just got, got to have him now. Um, I guess that might be chasing points, but he's so reliable. You know, there's a whole list of guys who, you know, really are consistently scoring five plus points almost every week. They're, you know, it's not chasing points. It's just being smart. I agree exactly with what uh, with what you said. If you're never chasing points with Dempsey, uh, Dempsey. he's just way too reliable. So yeah, if you don't go, I don't have him in my lineup yet, just because I can't afford him. But um, I feel like he's an absolute necessity in in a lineup if you can afford him. Yeah, that that about sums it up. Heartbreaker. I I swapped him for Javinko this round. <sighs> I stand by it. It was, it wasn't, that's not a bad choice. Uh, our next question comes from Stins master 42. How big of a risk is it to have both the goalie and a defender from the same team? I mean, it's about the same risk as having two defenders from the same team. So sorry, that was kind of not a great answer. Um, I don't know. Like you're really kind of going all in at that point. I don't really think two is that big of a deal. Like, the chances of clean sheets aren't really high enough that I feel like you're risking that much. Um, I don't know. Like, if it's not that big of a risk if 
the team is playing against New York City FC or <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> Union or like one of these teams that is like fairly awful on offense, that's not really that big of a deal. I think it would be a pretty big risk if you were playing against New England or Columbus, but let me jump in real quick. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but both of their DPs were subbed off in that game. Yep. How awful is that? Your DPs just get just just like no. Hey, somebody else. And they only started to look good after they both came off. The guy's supposed to carry your team. <laughs> oh well, sorry. So, so my answer to that question would be that I stick to defenders who get bonus points. I don't worry about clean sheets. Um, for goalie, I do a little bit more, um, but not really. I don't. Yeah, that doesn't even factor into my decision. Bonus uh, clean sheets are just extra points that I wasn't counting on. If I go back and look at a defender, I always look and see which games were clean sheets and and how many actually came from bonus points, and and just pick based on the bonus points. So. I love going with a defender and a keeper, uh, same team. I'm, I do it in fantasy Premier League, and I do it here. Um, it started out with, uh, with Ka and uh, Ousted. Um, then when I switched to Ramondo, I got Olave after his red card because at eight point one, it's a steal for Olave. Um, I just love that. I mean, it's for me in this game, you go big or go home. Um, so why not double up on the people I think are going to have good matches and who I know are proven commodities. And just like, you know, Simon and Jason just alluded to, um, I like, I personally like getting corner uh, cornerbacks, <laughs> center backs that, uh, get BPs and our goal scoring threats, Boswell, Olave, Gonzo. I know that they're at the upper echelon of the price range, but in this game, I really feel like you really get what you pay for, especially with defenders. So. Yeah, and I feel like I should jump in and add. I mentioned a couple of questions ago that I was kind of hesitating at grabbing two two DC players or Hamid and, and a defender. And I definitely agree with with Antioch. I do like having one of each. More than that, it gets a little more risky, definitely like Simon was saying. But uh, I do like it because you have so much to gain. And I definitely agree with with Jason about the bonus points. That that's that's where I look for defenders as well. They're their bonus point potential. My biggest hesitation with the DC backline is I made a decision during my wild card to go with a budget backline and just throw my money at the attacking players. So I'm running a three five two right now because of that. And and that's what I'm trying to preserve right now with my strategy. So that's my hesitation. But if you're going to throw some money in there, I know people did it with Gonzalez this week and it turned out really well then yeah, definitely running one of each. Having four players, get one for each position if you want. Sounds sounds fun. Go big. Have fun. So our next question comes from Perforce1. Uh, what is the current outlook of Colorado's on Colorado's defense? There have been some shuffling, and I feel like I've lost my understanding of the hierarchy slash value there. Also, RSL's Jordan Allen. Should I be interested? Um, I feel like the current outlook on Colorado's defense is pretty much blindfolding Pablo Mastroni and throwing darts at a board. <laughs> like, I, I, Player on the Rapids. Yeah, I, I really, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know. Um, I, God, uh, if I could just be inside of his brain for five seconds, I'd love to know what that dude is thinking, but um i honestly the only person i would touch from their defense right now would be uh axel um and i think i'm actually going to get him with my wild card when i play it um 
And also Jordan Allen, um, I love saying this. I told you guys like five weeks ago to get on that Jordan Allen bandwagon. And, uh, um, but he is going to be gone for four to six weeks at the under 20 World Cup. So maybe when he gets back, I think it's a great idea to get, get him back, um, especially if he has a stellar World Cup. Um, I really think that uh, Kassar is going to find a spot for him. Um, and just remember the reason why he has not been playing is because the 4 3 3, or why he has been playing is the 4 3 3 has not been working for RSL. Also, the right winger, um, Jaime, got injured. And then Javi uh, Joralis got injured as well. But he should be out for another month or, uh, you know, two weeks to a month, depending. Um, but yeah, I like Jordan Allen. Get him when he's back. Yeah. I mean, I like Jordan Allen, but I wouldn't get him right now for exactly what Jason said. Uh, again, I wish I had stuff to add, but I really don't. That was a great answer. It's the the curse of going second, right? Yeah, pretty much. Or going against an RSL question when I'm the RSL liaison, you know? True. <laughs> it's like I planned you to answer first. Weird. So for me, for Colorado, the only defender I would have would be on my bench, Helbergi, however you say his name. Holberg. Um, um, yeah, I, you know, I use him in case, you know, well, I only, only had a bench for one game so far, but from here on out, he'll be sitting there if I need it. Otherwise I would look elsewhere. There's nobody there that's worth, I think, spending money on. Sorry, Colorado. <laughs> no, I'd agree. I, I think he's the safest choice that we've already, he's, he's survived a few rounds of, of shuffle already. And uh, I think he earned it at the beginning of the season. And uh, yeah, I do feel like that that Hoberry is the Axel is the best option for a fairly predictable Colorado defender. I hate I hate to go go too all in with that, but um, he he seems to be immune to the Colorado shuffle right now. So this comes from I am Brent, and he says, "Should we transfer out inform players?" for double game week players with high potential? This is a great question right now. Uh, an example of this that many of us have on our hands right now is Bradley Wright Phillips and Kamara in form with single game weeks coming up versus Espindola, a little bit dated question. We know the injury, but we get the gist, uh, versus Espindola with his set of upcoming double game weeks. So we could throw people in there like Dwyer or or Davies or or Oba that's, that's coming up. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I think if you look at the the price versus the points they're getting, if you can make a like for like swap that or that's not too much of a of a downgrade that has a double game week, it might be worth it. But with someone like Kamara, they do have a double game week coming up in a few weeks. Um, the spindle's a tough one though with the the injury question. But in general, I would say you know if they're really doing well, don't I wouldn't transfer them out. I wish I hadn't. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, for me, um, I, I I love my setup right now. I have I have a Riv and BWP up top, um, and I, I said that if Riv doesn't score, the, if he scores this week, I'm going to keep him. If he doesn't, he's gone. And he scores. I mean, he's just been scoring a lot. But that's the thing is, there's so many good forward options that you really just kind of got to roll the dice and hope that you, you know, you hit snake eyes because. If you don't, I mean, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a deuce or you're gonna get a twelve. Um, so it's really just a good gamble. Um, look at form, look at the upcoming schedule, and yeah, pretty much what Jason said. 
and yet again, I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Curse of going third. And then we're getting ready to skip your your going first, Simon, because Glory Man United ask, uh, do we trust man? Do we trust Mario Diaz to be a regular starter now that he's played three straight and done very well? And I and I think we've touched on that already, and and all of us think that's a yes. Is is that going out on a limb? That is not going out on a limb. Yes, I think it's worth it. I think he's going to be playing good. Damn straight, get him. So our final question has a, has a nice little compliment for for the whole crew here. This comes from JP Gentry. And he says, I just wanted to take a little time to thank you guys for your podcast. I took your advice to heart last week, and you guys helped me more than double the score of my garbage team from last week. He got 95 points. Congrats, Yay. man. And so his question is, who among the teams with upcoming double game weeks, DC, Orlando, New England, and Sporting Kansas City, have budget players worth looking at? I don't think we really talked about budget players yet. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to be putting a couple of these in my punts, um, but I've alluded to a couple of these um, during this podcast and also throughout the past couple of podcasts. Um, DC, I think that um, I believe it's Arietta and Opare are great options for budget players. Orlando, um, Ramos is you know a fan favorite. He's a little hothead. He gets a lot of yellow cards and I'll probably get a you know a red card sometime this week um, just because that's what he does. And then Laren, I really like Laren a lot. Um, New England, um, Woodbury, the defender, I guess he's a lock and supposedly he looks really good. And then Sporting Kansas City, um, I think Carrasco is really the only potential guy that's cheap. I think I think his name is a uh, is Anababa, the six point five defender. Um, he's there too, but I'm not too sure. Um, you know, with Ellis and a couple of the other guys that can, you know, play a bunch of positions. But off the top of my head, those are the only players that I think that have the best budget players that are locked in starters. Yeah, that sums it up pretty well. My only one that I really like is Woodbury. Um, budget players scare me. They scare me a lot, um, especially with rotation. It's really hard to get ones that are just – going to consistently play and Woodbury seems like the only one from those four teams and even he I you know uh Jay Wu probably knows better than me if he's if he's an actual lock but um he seems like certainly the best budget option and probably the cheapest too yeah I I think he's a lock I'm not 100% sure I would also add Caldwell I think Caldwell goes both games in a double game week and you know he'll put up fives most of the time so um, I don't think he'll necessarily put up another 12 for a while. I don't think he's going to be getting goals and assists that much, but <laughs> you know, if, if you need to make a little, give yourself a little wiggle room to pick up someone bigger, then, you know, he's going to get, he's going to get 10 points in a double game week. Mark my words. And of course, if you want to think ahead, I think we've got uh, Toya. Is, is that from Montreal? Is that right? Toya? Yeah. He's, he's really cheap right now uh, in the single game or, very far ahead, we've got uh, Jameson with LA, uh, who's, who's a forward there, who could be seeing some some more action. But uh, he's he's a budget if you want to you don't want to have someone like Baji down there. It, if you're looking at the single game week guys, you've always got Hoberry and Polster and Zimmerman and and guys like that you can take a look at too, just to kind of squeeze every last little bit of 0.1 millions out of your team. But, but yeah, those are, those are all great names. Toya is injured though from, isn't he still nursing a, an injury? 
He could be, but Montreal doesn't really have their double gaming's in 14. So with hope, he'd be they get a little bit easier after that as well. So that should give him some time. But yeah, important to know. And that wraps it up for all the questions that we have tonight. Thank you so much for the people who I see are still con contributing questions. Um, if you didn't hear your question answered, please go to the forums and, and ask it there. Or if you did hear your question answered, go back to the Reddit board and answer somebody else's question. Just help share the love. Now for some fun stuff. So the MLS Fantasy Insider host head-to-head -head league. How did it go, Simon? Boom. Uh, I got Jaywoo somehow this week. <laughs> I have no idea, man. That's lucky. I gotta be honest. That one, well, that one was lucky. I feel kind of bad. Um, no, I, I think you're seeing my fall from from the top. I don't think I'll be anywhere near one again. Oh, I personally. think you will. I think you'll be. I, right I back think I'm a solid there. thousand player, to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we go. Did you get some screenshots of your of number one? I didn't. I should have. Um, um, <laughs> no, I have a feeling Jaywoo is gonna be back up there, like immediately. This is a one week fluke. He got unlucky for no good reason. Um, yeah, I won that one. I'm back to four and six on the season. I'm telling you, I'm gonna be number one by the end of this. So there you go. Well, fortunately, Travis could not be with us here tonight, and he lost to Paul Eternal by one point. So close, so close to them. That's a good game, guys. And then I lost to Richie, aka Backseat Manager, and. Uh, 89 to 82. It was heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But I am tied for second now. Uh, for I guess, yeah, tied for first slash second based on some of my my point totals with uh, with Jason. So it was it was very well, very well played. Looking forward to to some more of those games. Uh, meanwhile, back at the R slash Fantasy MLS League, big congrats goes out to Josh Johnson, who's the manager of Oba Deuce Trace FC with 116 points. Good job, man. And then the part I've been waiting for all night. So last week I asked for you guys to give me your your team might be garbage jokes, and you came through. And there's a, I had a bunch of them sent to me, so I just tried to pick out a few of them that I particularly enjoyed, and so I'm going to read them to you now. So at Snyder 467 said, if your bench scores more points than your starting lineup, your team might be hot garbage. So true. Uh, at AFPolo underscore five said, if you have too many Orlando attacking players, your team might be hot garbage. And you should never play fantasy MLS ever again. <laughs> at PBAR96 said, if you've captained David Villa four times, your team might be hot garbage. At HC Sud said, if you get your fantasy advice from Andrew Wiebe, your team might be hot garbage. Ow, that was. Below the belt. Below the belt. Uh, then Ramblin' Ann sent this to me in an email. She said, if you use your wild card and score less than if you did, if, you, if you'd just kept your team and used two transfers, your team might be hot garbage. I haven't run the numbers, but I'm pretty sure my team might be hot garbage. Oh. And then finally, at FPL Dead I said, if your captain gets four points, your team might be hot garbage. I can, I can feel a lot of of uh, Houston captains with with uh, that thought at the beginning of this round with that miss PK. So yes, I enjoyed those. Uh, if you guys have any more, please send them to me. That was that was really fun. We'll try to think of some other nice little little listener involvement activity 
to go in the future. Or if you have another suggestion for a listener involvement activity, send me that too. Why not? Uh, then I did get another email from, or I guess a, a message on Reddit from Irish Baller 49 who said, man, how come you haven't said my team name yet? It's so good. So I will do that right now. And his team name is, you'll have to toss me FC. I love the Lord of the Ring reference. That is, that is so nice. And uh, while we're speaking of being geeky, one of the reasons we had the early episode last week was because I was out playing fantasy, not fantasy, was playing bar trivia, Star Wars, bar trivia four, made the fourth. And I'm happy to report that my team dominated and won that game with a flawless score for the third year in a row. So excellent. The force was with us that night. But that is all that we have for you tonight. So please remember to like our podcast, no matter what format you're listening to us on. Please review it, share it, and uh, good reviews, I'm hoping. And just share it with your friends so that everybody can, can listen to the advice. And I have some exciting news. One of my friends from up there at Ogden in, in Utah has come through and gotten some excellent prizes for, for our league this year. So I'm going to be working out how to divide those up and modify our schedule. But we've got some chat headsets for both Xbox 360 and it probably works actually Xbox One. It's for Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And then we've got some WAE wireless headsets that connect to, to your phones through Bluetooth as well. And I think I have another pair of headsets and maybe a, a uh, tablet gaming keyboard here as well. So lots of fun stuff that we're going to be able to add through our prizes this year, along with the scarves that we're already auctioning off. So that's what I've got. Any final plugs from you guys? Um, I don't have too much. I just want to say, so I realized that I was looking at our listener stats and we don't have a ton of people who live in Seattle listening, but we have some people we do have some people and some people in Portland, so I figured I'd throw it out there. I don't think I've ever said that, well, I've said that I work in, in radio on a, at a dance music station, but I also DJ out at a lot of clubs, and so if you're like into clubbing, um, sometimes I'm playing playing gigs, and if you want to come out for free, hit me on Twitter, at Simon Thwaites. I'll put you on my guest list. We'll get things situated. So Nice. I've, I've forgotten to tell people that. It's fun, so... If you're into clubs, that sort of thing, and you happen to be in Seattle, uh, hit me up, and I'll, I'll get you set up. I just want to say something good came out of Ogden. The shithole <laughs> universe. <laughs> I hate Ogden. Yeah, and, I, and living in Salt Lake, uh, I wouldn't say really anything good comes out of Ogden, but uh, no, that's that's awesome uh, for hooking that up. Um, and yeah, you know, thank you guys again for listening to this podcast. You make it fun for us, and um, you know, check out my punts um, on r slash reddit and, you know, continue to ask good questions, guys. This is good stuff. It makes me think and make me want to do a lot of different things and then go against what I'm thinking originally, then regret it. And then my team is hot garbage. So it's good stuff. <laughs> I love it. And of course, as, as always, please check out MLS Fantasy Boss and the, the free live chat that's there to, to just go over everything that you want to have questions asked about, go to the Reddit forums. I forgot to introduce myself at the top of, of the podcast, but my name's Reed, a.k.a. Dashdar, on the forums. You can also find my MLS Fantasy Boss Tips articles at the MLS Fantasy website, which you can also find Travis's articles as well, and lots of other great fantasy experts. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and good luck this week.